Come on, is there anyone grateful for Jesus here this evening? Oh, come on, really praise Him. Really praise Him. We love you, God. We love you, God. God, we're so excited for what you're doing. We're excited for what you're yet to do. Amen. Amen. Why don't you say hello to someone as you grab your seat this evening? I'm excited about that. I feel like that's important. Just to take those extra moments to recognize when God's doing something and it's really believing that people this week, maybe even already, you're seeing breakthrough in your life. Hey, I want to encourage us this evening and I want to apologize, first of all, for my horrific voice. Um, I promise I'm not sick. I was at a 21st birthday party for my brother yesterday and uh, it was we had a very smoky barbecue, Dennis Wooldridge and I, and I believe that's what happened. I actually didn't realize until I got to church this evening and I tried to leave a me- lead a meeting and I was like, hey, everyone, and I was like, this is going to be a rough night. So I can't be loud, so I need you guys to be loud for me. Is that okay? Three people have got my back. I love you guys. We can, we can do that, right? Oh, it's just, we're slowly getting better, but, but guys, I really need some support, okay? I know online is going wild at home. Let's give it up for the online campus one more time. Hey, and I, I want to hear, talk to something, talk about something that's, I guess, really close to my heart, and it's just along the topic of hearing from God and hearing God's voice. Um, and I, I've called the message, who told you that? Turn the person beside you and say, who told you that? I think, I think like four people did. Come on, turn the person beside you and say, who told you that? <laughs> Remember, I can't be loud, so I need you to be loud for me, okay? Uh, I, I wonder if you've ever had a who told you that moment. I remember when we were overseas, I was uh, working in the Australian embassy, and we used to get lots of, one of my roles, I had to answer the phone, and, and we used to get lots of funny, funny phone calls about some unusual things. And I remember one that stood out to me for, for you know, just particularly because of how odd it was, um, I got a phone call from this person and then they, they start talking to me and they said, look, I'm just calling because I'm thinking about going on a holiday to New Zealand and I thought you guys would be the best people to talk to about the weather in New Zealand and can you tell me what the best time to travel to New Zealand is? Now, I'm at the Australian embassy, okay? I'm like... Do you realize that there's also a New Zealand embassy that you could call? And they're like, yeah, I know, but I just thought that you might know the best about what the best time to go to New Zealand is. And I was like, you understand it's a different country. And they're like, yeah, we know. I just thought that you might be able to tell me. And I was like, who told you that? Like, where did that come from? The thought of, you know what? I want to go to New Zealand. I'm going to call the Australians and ask about that. Can you imagine if that's how you traveled overseas? I want to go to Japan, so I'm just going to give some guy in Mexico a call and see what time he suggests. It doesn't make sense, does it? And I was like, who, who, where did you get this idea that we would be the best people to talk to about going to New Zealand? I was like, my job is Australian passports. I know nothing more. I know nothing less. You should talk to someone else. I said, you should t- talk to the Kiwis. They'll, they'll help you out. And she said, okay, thank you. Uh, but it made me think, where did this person get this idea from? And I think to apply it to our life, sometimes we can get ideas and thoughts in our head that maybe about how God feels about us, maybe it's thoughts about that we think about ourselves, that God would actually look at you and say, who told you that? 
Like, why do you think that? Why do you believe that? Because sometimes we can get other people's voices confused with God's voice. Maybe not intentionally, but often we live in a very, very loud world where everyone wants to tell us what to believe and what we should do and how we should feel and what we should do about those things. Sometimes it can be hard um, to actually hear God's voice clearly when there's so many voices speaking. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. Maybe you're just going through a big situation and it can be difficult to pinpoint God's voice in the middle of that. And I, I think there's a very applicable story. One of the first stories in the, in the Bible, my voice, well, I need your encouragement, guys, because this is it's, it's rough. I'm just going to take a little sip of this and then we're going we're gonna to jump in the Bible. Are you ready for God's Word? Good, good, good. I'm kind of, I was kind of hoping that God's audible voice would show up this evening and just preach the message for me. But until then, I've, I've, I'm what you've got. Um, so we hear in Genesis 2, 25, we basically hear what God's plan is for mankind, for man and woman. And it says, Genesis 2, 25, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So this is what God intended. He wanted them to be naked. He wanted them to be wearing their birthday suits all the time. And he wanted them to be comfortable with that. That was his plan. And he gives them one command. He says, don't eat the fruit from the center of the tree. Turn the person beside you and say, don't eat the fruit. Don't eat the fruit. And it goes on. Just a chapter later, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals and the, that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So you see, he's twisting the truth a little bit here, okay? Because God said that one tree. And the serpent's like, did he say you couldn't eat from any of the trees? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. I think my voice is helping my serpent voice tonight. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And then it says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, probably a mango, right? It's good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. The eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So they went and did a little bit of DIY, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of runway fashion from the leaves. And it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Well, it's kind of a pitiful kind of picture, isn't it? In his little fig leaf outfit. And he said, God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And yes, obviously they had eaten from it. So God's saying, who told you that? Who told you that you had no clothes on? See, because God's intention was them to be together and no shame and not afraid and in close relationship. But instead they went and listened to the wrong voice and they ended up with these feelings of fear and of being afraid and of being shameful. It's so important we learn how to discern God's voice in a noisy world. So I've got a couple of thoughts about it this evening. Are you ready? 
First up, how do we how do we discern God's voice? How do we know if it's God that's speaking to us? And I probably should just clarify often for many people, God doesn't speak in an audible voice. He often speaks on the inside. That's how I've always experienced God speaking to me, is on the inside. So how do we know if it's God's voice? Well, the first step, we've got to know God's heart. If you want to be able to discern God's voice, you've got to know God's heart. So important because it's going to be a measuring stick for is this from God or is this not from God? Adam and Eve thought that God was trying to restrict them when he said, no, don't eat from that tree. But actually, God was trying to protect them. If they'd known his heart, maybe they would have been able to clearly define and, and, and to know that the serpent's voice wasn't actually from God. I remember uh, when, when my family first moved into Toowoomba um, from Crow's Nest when I was about seven years old, we moved into a house that had a massive driveway was like probably 100 meters long. It was basically like this. It was really steep. It was concrete. And look, I just got a Game Boy Color and I was playing a lot of Tony Hawk Pro Skater, okay? So I started to believe I am Tony Hawk. Um, as you do when you're eight years old, you, you play something, you're like, that's me. I can do every trick in the world. And it just so happened that our driveway looked like a great big roll-in for a, for a jump. It looked like the X Games, and I thought, I'm going to win the X Games because I'm Tony Hawk, so I better start practicing. Now, my parents had said, you can ride your skateboard on the driveway, just don't go from the very top. And I thought that was a silly rule. So I slowly started working my way up to the top, and then my cousin rode his skateboard from the top and he fell over and hurt himself. But I thought, no, he's not Tony Hawk. Uh, I'm Tony Hawk. So I decided I was going to ride my skateboard from the top of this very steep driveway, even though my parents had told me not to. Now, it was going great at first. I was picking up speed. I'm like, oh, it must look so cool. But then I got, and anyone who has ever ridden a skateboard would know this, I got the speed wobbles or the death wobbles. I got a little, you know, I'm smooth. I'm, and then it was like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. And, and they kind of just kept going until it was the point where I couldn't keep up and I tried to step off and I didn't die, but I pretty well did. I landed on my back and I just slid it. I just slid on the concrete on my back, uh, just like, you know, just like you're going at, at like white water world, just like that, but on the cement and with my skin. And I ended up with no skin from the bottom of my tailbone all the way to the top of my back, which I then tried to hide from my dad because I thought if he finds out I'm in trouble, um, and he found out. And I don't think I got in trouble because they were like, this is punishment enough. Um, the moral of the story is they were actually trying to protect me. They didn't want me to get hurt. Their heart is that they loved me and they didn't want me to get hurt. They didn't want me to lose all the skin off my back. But I thought their heart was to restrict me. I thought they were trying to hold me back from my future as a professional skateboarder. I didn't know their heart. And the same thing comes with God. If we know God's heart for us, if we know His heart is to protect us and to care for us and to love us and to help us to live a life to the full, it's going to be so much easier to listen to and discern His voice. But if we're convinced that God's angry, that He's some big old man with a big stick waiting for you to mess up, so He can throw a lightning bolt at you, we're not going to be able to so clearly discern what God's voice is. It says in John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to 
the full. What's God's heart for you? That you would have life to the full. That you would get to the end of your life and be like, that was a good life. I didn't miss out. I didn't leave any stone unturned. I lived life to the full. Does anyone here want to live life to the full? Three of us, that's great. I'm amongst friends this evening. We all want to live life to the max, as other translations put it. I believe we all want to live a full life. That's what God's heart is for you. It's not to restrict and to hold you back. It's so that you would live life to the full. And that's what, I guess if we look at what happened in the garden, they ate, they felt ashamed, and they were afraid. That's not God's heart. God's heart is not that you would feel shameful and afraid and like you've messed up. God's heart is that you would feel like you're living life to the full. I think we also see God's heart, especially in Romans 8, 1, where it says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation, I think a great picture of that. If a building is condemned, it's basically, it's fit for no purpose except to be knocked down. I don't know about you, I've felt like that about my life sometimes. Maybe like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't worth anything or like I just made a mistake too big. But it says that God's heart is not to condemn you. It's not, there's no condemnation in Jesus. So that can be then our measuring stick of if I'm feeling guilty and ashamed, if I'm feeling condemned, it's not from God. God wants you to live a good life. God wants to encourage you and build you up and give you love and hope and life. He doesn't want you to sit feeling condemned and ashamed. He wants you to live life to the max. So when we, you know, I think when we're feeling those feelings, God would almost say to you, who told you that? Who told you that you should be ashamed? Who told you that you're worthless? Who told you that you have no value? I didn't. I said that you're more than a conqueror. I said that I want to see you live life to the full. I said that I want to see you live without condemnation. So we've got to know God's heart if we want to be able to hear God's Word. Is that good? And hey, if you've ever lived in a way that's different to how God shows you, maybe you've made a mistake, God really wants you to know that He's not condemning you for that. He's saying, come to me. Let me heal you. Let me forgive you. Let me go on the journey with you. Let me, let me show you how to live your life. He's not angry with you. He just wants you to come so He can help you live that life to the full. He's saying, okay, let's, let's walk together. So we've got to know God's heart. Second thought, if we want to discern it, we've got to know God's Word. The enemy loves to make you doubt God's Word, just like we saw the serpent. It was like, did, did God really say that? Is, that? is that actually what God said? It's kind of like, if you've ever watched a quiz show, you know when the host is like, are you sure? And it's like, well, I'm going to lock it in, Eddie. And he's like, are you sure? And they're like, oh, I'm going to change now to this random answer that I haven't thought about. And then they lose out on getting a millionaire. It's an emotional roller coaster. who wants to be a millionaire every, every evening. It's like, don't listen to Eddie because you're not sure. Is he encouraging you to change it because you're right, you're wrong? Or is he encouraging you because you're wrong? It's that voice of doubt. And I think that's what the enemy loves to do. He loves for you to think, are you sure? Are you sure God said that? Did, did God really say that you're loved? Did God really say that you're valuable? Did God really say that He had good plans for you? Maybe that was just, are you sure God was speaking to you? Maybe He was speaking to somebody else. God, the, the enemy loves to confuse the voices that we're hearing. Are you sure about that? But when we know God's voice, when we know God's Word, we're able to kind of fight back against those things. We see when Jesus is tempted in the New Testament, every time He speaks back to the enemy, He says, it says in God's Word that this is what happened. This is what God says about me. This is what God says will happen. It's so important that we know what Scripture says, especially about us. 
Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to defining soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. You know, if we are asking that question, is this God speaking? You can always line it up with, is this something, does this line up with something that He's already said? Um, you know, I think of some things where people are like, I'm just waiting for God to speak to me about that. And it's like, you know that God already spoke about that and it wrote it down in the Bible a few thousand years ago. You don't have to wait for God to tell you that you're called and amazing and loved and wonderful. God's already said that. So we've got to know the Scripture. We've got to know God's Word and get it in our heart. So we know when anything opposing to that comes, it's not a voice from God. So important. It's the power of reading your Bible every day, even if it's just for a few minutes, saying, God, would you speak to me? God, would you let me know what your Word is? So important. Know His Word. The final thought is surround yourself with people that push you towards Jesus. I hope this is all right tonight. Is this all right? It's very simple, but I think it's so powerful when we take this, com- this concept and we actually apply it to our life. As we, as we know God's heart for us, it helps us to hear His voice. As we know what God's Word already says, it helps us to hear His voice. That's the power of journaling, getting in God's Word and saying, God, would you speak to me? And journaling is just, if it's important enough for God to say it, it's important enough to take a note, even if it's a dot point or two. Final thought, surround yourself with people that push you towards Jesus. I don't know if you found this in life, but um, everyone has something to say. Everyone has an opinion. Uh, I think this recent kind of pandemic uh, that we've gone through has shown that everyone has thoughts about everything. And um, we're not gonna go into whether those thoughts are right or wrong or what those thoughts are. The thought is everyone has an opinion. Everyone wants to tell you how you should live your life. Everyone wants to tell you how you should think, what you should do, what the best plan for your life would be. Everybody wants to tell you that. But we need to actually surround ourselves with people that push us towards what God's saying to us and where God is trying to lead us. Some people want to make our decisions for us. They want to define our lives for us, tell us what we can and we can't do. But I want to encourage us, let's surround ourselves with the kind of people that push us towards what God wants to do. Why? Because God's heart is for us. He loves us. He's got good plans for us. His heart for us is that we would live life to the full. Hebrews 13:7 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the Word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. It says, Remember those people who spoke God's Word to you. So how does He speak? He speaks to our hearts. He speaks through His Word and He speaks through people. Often He speaks through people. So be around the kind of people that are going to push you towards hearing God's voice, push you towards hearing what God is saying. That's why I love Life Group. Uh, I love that our Life Group leaders are willing to ask, what's God saying to you about this? That's the sign of a good Life Group leader. When you come with your problems, they don't say, well, you should do this and do this, and you should talk to an expert, and you should talk to this person. They say, what's God speaking to you about it? That's why in our Life Group, when we share our journaling, yeah, we might actually be sharing our problems, but we're not just dumping our problems. We're saying, hey, I'm struggling with this, but this is what God's saying to me about it. Hey, I've been really challenged about my identity this week, but God's been reminding me that He loves me and that He's for me and that I'm exactly the person He wants me to be. Hey, I might be challenged with some kind of financial stress, but I know that God is speaking to me and He's saying He's a provider. He's gonna make a way. Come on, church. That's why we've got to hear God's voice. It's so important. And it's so important to have people around you that are pushing it, pushing you towards God. What's God saying about this? What's God been speaking to you about? into journaling. 
And I would ask you that question this evening. Maybe you're facing some kind of challenge. Maybe you're in some kind of a hard time. The question I would pose to you is, is what's God actually saying to you about it? Because He wants to speak to you. He wants relationship. God, this whole Christianity thing is not religion where we just come and we do some things on a Sunday that make us feel good. It's about a God who wants a personal relationship with you. You know, we pray and we speak to Him, but He actually wants to speak back to us. And I just feel like maybe there's some people tonight, maybe you don't have a clear answer to that, to to what God's actually saying to you about the situation that you're in. Can I just encourage you that God is interested in that? He wants to speak to you about it. He might not give you the answer straight away, but what God always does provide the next step. God doesn't do 10-page plans on what's coming up next. The Bible says His Word is a lamp to my feet, not a searchlight that shows the next 500 steps. It's what's in front of you, what's next. As we go on that journey, that's how we get to live life to the full because God's heart is for us. So I want to encourage you, hey, if you're worried about how can I hear God's voice, well, well, know God's heart, know God's Word, and be surrounded by the kind of people who are going to encourage you to hear it. Don't be around the, the kind of people that, you know, just, oh, poor you, they're there. You're in a tough time. Be around the kind of people who actually encourage you. Well, what's God saying to you about it? What's God saying in your journaling? What's God speaking to you about? And maybe you've journaled and you feel like, well, I didn't hear anything. Go back. Again, it's that whole hands raised thing. I'm going to get back into my Word. I'm going to wait because I know that God wants to speak to me. I've got a couple of questions just as we finish. Verse 1. Do I honestly believe that God's heart for me is that I would have life and life to the full? Do you honestly, in in your heart of hearts, do you believe that? that God wants you to have life to the full? Or are you just waiting for the good times to run out, for, you know, life to dry up? Or do you honestly believe that there's a bigger future ahead of you, no matter how the past has looked? Do you honestly believe that it's going to get better, that there's more on the journey ahead? Is time reading Scripture a priority for me? Just ask yourself that. Is it, is it actually a priority? I remember uh, one time, I'm going to finish in just a second, but I remember one time I was meant to speak to someone at church and I was talking to Talitha afterwards and and she said, did you speak to such and such? Uh, And I said, I didn't have time. And she absolutely destroyed me. She crushed my soul. And she said, she said, no, it's not that you didn't have time. You didn't make time. And I was like, oh, you know those burns that just go so deep, you're like, I need to go to the burns unit at the hospital because <laughs> that was so, so true. It wasn't that I didn't have time. It was that I didn't make time. And, and I would encourage you, if you feel like you don't have time to read Scripture, it's actually, it's actually the opposite. You're so busy that you can't afford not to read Scripture. If your life is so full that you're like, I I can't prioritise this, actually, I would suggest that you're in a season that it is so, so, so important that you prioritise hearing from God through the Scripture. Third question, are there people around me who are able to challenge and encourage me towards Jesus? Are there people around you that will honestly, that won't just, they're their poor thing, but that will push you back towards Jesus? If not, Life Group would be a great place to start. Final thought, are there any ways of thinking that I need to challenge? Maybe as I've spoken tonight, there's been just a way of thinking that God's showed you and He's actually challenging you on that and saying, who told you that? 
because that's not how I feel. Who told you that you were hopeless and that you were, you know, destined for nothing? Because that's not how God feels about you. Hey, would we all stand together? I'd love to pray for us. And I really believe that God's speaking to some people tonight, even through my monotone, deep and breaking voice. I feel like a a science lecturer at school. No offence to science lecturers at school. I think there's some cool ones out there too. Uh, (laughs) I'm just digging a hole. Anyway, we're going to get out of that. I'd love to pray for us. And I'd love to pray for you, especially if you're just here tonight and you're hungry to hear God's voice. It looks different to every person when God speaks and He could speak to you this evening. Maybe He's even speaking to you right now. But I'd love to pray. Jesus, we just thank You for every person here. We thank You that You're here with us and with them. Father, that You're as close as the air that we breathe. And we just really pray for people, whether they are on the mountaintop or whether whether they're in the valley, we just believe that You want to speak to them. And I just pray even right now in this moment that You would make Your voice clear. Even if it's just one word, God, that they would get one word from You and one word from You can change everything. We pray that they would hear that one word in their heart. Pray that You would speak to us, encourage us, inspire us, lift us, fill us with Your hope and Your love and Your, I guess, just a passion for life. Fill us with vision in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Hey, and I just want to encourage you that maybe you've never made a decision consciously to follow Jesus or to go on a journey with Jesus. He wants to speak to you too. He's close to you and everything I've said about the life He has for you, it's so true for you also. He loves you. He wants you to live life and life to the full. His heart is for you. It's not against you. He's not in some kind of battle with you because you're like, I'm not on your side. He's just on your side, no matter which side you're on. That's the thing about God. You can't get off His side because He's always on your side. So no matter which side you're on, He's with you. And tonight, if you wanted to make a decision, maybe just to start figuring out what it means to follow Jesus, you could do so just by saying in your heart, something simple like, Jesus, I want to follow You. I want to live a life to the full. And if you are doing that tonight, I think it's the best decision you could ever make. And Talitha's going to come and tell you more about what you can do if you did make that decision.